Listen closely and carefully to what the Word of God says and to apply what it says. If we, keep this, if we keep this short and simple today, you know what your responsibility is, that to use your ears and to pray that God would, would put his word in your heart and that you'd put it into action. And I have a few kids today that are going to read some of our scripture. And when they do, would you please stand when they read scripture today? Okay, when we're little, we don't get to make nearly as many choices as we do when we're grown-ups, when we're big. And we have all those responsibilities. When you're little, you don't get to pick what you eat or what, often what you wear. And your parents choose where you go and what you're going to do. Uh-huh. <laughs> but even as kids, you have the responsibility to make the biggest decision of your life. The biggest of those is whether you will trust Jesus with your whole life. It's a decision that changes and informs all the other decisions that you will make. It will likely define where you go and what you do and how you will live and ultimately what kind of person you will become. Now, your parents are God-given to teach and to guide you, but your true father is God. And if you love God, you show God by loving him and the people of the world. You do what God wants you to do before you do what you want to do. That's called obedience. Jesus said that if you love him, then you're going to do what he says. And if those decisions are ever in conflict with what you want to do, you decide to follow the Holy Spirit and do what God's word says. That's how we show God that we love him. That's how we show God that we love him. Now, you know why God gave us parents? was to show us love and to teach us obedience. And a big part of that obedience is that God has told us to live holy lives. Can anybody tell me what holy means? Means set apart. What else? Set apart for him. In terms of the character of God, the holiness of God is his perfect goodness. He's he's above all Things. He, is, he is perfect in every way, untouchable with, with sin or corruption or evil. He is all holy. Just as God is holy, we are called to be holy. It's an interesting thing that Scripture teaches us, that God teaches us. Because of Jesus, God calls us his people. He calls us holy, but he's also making us holy. He's also making holy. So how he sees us and who he's making us to be go hand in hand. So we rely on him to be holy, and we rely on him to make us holy. So the first scripture, somebody come on up, one of my kids. And by one of my kids, I mean any kid in this room here right now. Come on up. First volunteer is the best volunteer. Mitchell, come on down. First one right here. It's on the screen, or it's... Or it's there. Go ahead. And everyone, would you please stand? Yeah. First Peter 14 through 16. As obedient children, do not comfort the evil desires. You Conform. Have. Conform the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. Rock on. Thank you. 
So we can either be separate from God or separate from the world. We really can't choose both. You can't love the world and love God. And when I say the world, I mean the evil of this world, the pleasures of this world, the things that are fading in this world. God created this world to be perfect and good, but it's corrupted and it's broken and it is passing away. So because it's passing away and God is making something new, we're clinging to him. We cling to him. So that's what it means to love God and not to love the world. Because if we love the world, we're going to perish with the world, right? If we love the world, we're going to perish with the world. But if we love God, we're going to be with God now and forever. Abraham is one of the first stories that we get to in the Bible, in the book of Genesis. And there's something distinct that God calls him to do. What's the first command that God gives Abraham to do? Does anybody know? Hmm? To leave his home. Why is he leaving his home? Because God told him to. Thank you very much, Heidi. Because God told him to. And we see later in Scripture the reason that God told him to. Abraham's family was a family of idol worship. We see that when Jacob goes back and, and Laban's family, the descendants of that family, are idol worshipers. They worship, what does that mean? That means they worship created things rather than God, who is the creator. All right, next person, come on up. Come on, Nora. Now, if you're if you are uh, if if you're having trouble standing, that's fine. God called him. The Lord had said to Abraham, "Go from our country, your people, and your father's household to the land we'll show you." I will make you into a great nation. nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be blessed. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you will be cursed. And if people on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord told, had told him. And, a, and Lot went with him. And Lot went with him. Great. Thank you very much. So God called him out of that adulterous place. Even though they were his family, God was making for him a heavenly family a spiritual family, a family of faith who were joined by more than blood. They were joined by faith. Let's meet, read our main verse today, and I'll read this one. 2 Corinthians 6, uh, verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? Ooh. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. Now, I did skip a few verses today for the context of what we have going on today. There's a few verses in chapter 16 that we will revisit next week. But I wanted to focus in on this today. 
We are not to join ourselves with people who are not obedient to God. We are not to join ourselves with people who are not obedient to God, who don't love him, who don't live for him and know his commands. Before we make any application, let's use the context because that's really important. This is often applied to relationships, but it's a real context of these verses is syncretism. Syncretism. Anybody know what syncretism is? You ever had a, a soup or a stew before where you just kind of you put some meat in and some potatoes and some other stuff and then some ketchup and some paint no. and some celery and hot mayonnaise and oh, yeah. uh-huh and some wood oh, yeah, yeah, and some rocks, right? That's syncretism. That's saying, I want God, who is the meat. I want God, but I'll put everything else in there in the same pot together. And that's what, how I'll live and how I'll, I'll, I'll worship. That's what syncretism is. Syncretism says, well, I'll take a little, a little zen. I'll take a little, a little karma. I'll take a little uh, over here and a little over here. And I'll put it all together and I'll make my faith my own. That's syncretism. But Jesus says he is the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody gets to the Father except through... Him, very good, except through him. So pairing or joining ourselves to people who are not loving and obedient to God, they are on another path. Think about that. If you love Jesus, you're on a path that follows him. He is leading us to God the Father, and any other path or direction leads to evil. Why does it lead to evil? Because it does not lead to God, and God is holy. He is the only one who is good. So any other path that is not to Christ is leading to evil and leads to being separate from him. This is the beauty of the church, the family of believers. We are on the same path put here and kept here by Christ. We are headed toward life forever with God, and he joins us on the way. So why would we pair our lives to anyone who's going in the opposite direction, who doesn't love Jesus, and therefore doesn't love or know God, even if they claim to? If somebody says, oh, I love God, and you go, well, oh, so you love Jesus, you know Jesus. If they say no to that answer, they have no idea who God is, because to know Jesus is to know God. We should spend time with unbelievers. We should be the salt and the light in their lives that demonstrates the love of Christ. When other kids are mean, when other people are selfish, when people worship any other thing in the world, we are a witness to them of not only what God has done, but we get to relay God's love to them. We bring that message of the gospel through what we say and through what we do. We are a hope for them that they would come to know Jesus. So we should spend time with them, but we should not let them lead us. And we should not join ourselves to them in ways which pulls us in any other direction except towards Christ. Because that's who we belong to. That's who we are yoked to. All right, next verse. 
Hop up. Whoever hops up first gets it. Do you know why they're standing? No. Because you're reading the word of God. That's why they're standing. Go ahead. What harmony is there between Christ and Bella? Or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? And read this one, too. As for you, you were dead in your transitions and sins, which is you... Which you used to live in. Which you used to live in. When you followed the ways of the world and the ruler of the kingdom of the air... The spirit who knows at work in those who are disobedient. Thank you, Riker. You know, harmony is that agreement, that working together. Belial here means, like, worthless. It means the devil is really what it means. So what harmony or agreement or working together is there with Christ and the devil? There is none. They're in opposition to each other. They're actually at war. They're not in agreement. They're in opposite directions, and they have nothing in common. Believers and unbelievers have one thing in common, and that is their humanity, their need for Christ. That is the thing that we have in common. So in reality, we are either slaves to the devil or we are slaves to Christ. Whether the people of this world acknowledge it or not, every human is either a slave or to sin and evil and to the devil, or they are slaves to Christ. And that's a tool that you can remember when it comes to deciding what you're going to follow and what you're going to do and how you're going to do it. Are they, is, what I'm, is what I want to do motivated by my love for the world and my love for evil, or is what I'm doing motivated by my love for God and what I want to do, even if it's hard? Next person, come on down. Hop up faster. Let's go. Right here. And then I'm going to have a, I'm a, next one. Come on up, too. Right here. What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk among them, and I will be their God, and they will be my people. Great. Read this one, Wiley. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you really know me, you know my Father as well. From now on, you do and you do know him and have seen him. Very good. And next, come on down. Vinny, come on down here. You better not miss out. Right here. Do you not know that your bodies are te temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? Are you, you are not your own. You, you were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God will, will God with your body. Perfect. Thank you, Vinny. All right, everyone can have a seat for a moment. So God lives with us. That's what we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. He says, I will live with them and walk among them. I will be their God, and they will be my people. So God lives with us. He is with us. We are his, and he is 
ours. He has claimed us. This is the context that Paul is speaking about. He's speaking about the context of worship when he's talking about don't yoke yourselves to unbelievers. That's the context of what is being said. We worship with our lives, and so we should not give our lives in worship to anything but God. That means we shouldn't join our lives to anything or anyone that would lead us to anything but Christ. That's important. We need to think about that. Is there things in our lives that we worship? Are there compromises? Or is there some mix that we're putting in there? We need to find those things and, and rid ourselves of them and pursue Christ fully. And the same goes with those we worship with, right? We don't worship with other people who uh, are not following the path of Christ. Otherwise, where are we going? Not Christ. Yeah, that's right. We need to join ourselves on the same path and yoke ourselves. That's the imperative. We're not to yoke ourselves to unbelievers. Who should we be yoking ourselves to? Believers. That's who we should be yoking ourselves to. So as we continue to follow Christ, we don't worship or mess with anything else because those things lead us away from him. We just want Jesus. He is the word of God. 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, verse 17 says, Therefore, come out and be separate, says the Lord. Touch no unclean thing, and I will receive you. This is what it means to be holy. If you go to the next verse, it says, And I will be a father to you, and you will be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. And then that final verse of the next chapter here says, Therefore, since we have these promises, dear friends, let us purify ourselves from everything that contaminates body and spirit, perfecting holiness out of reverence for God. So, we understand the context of what Paul is saying. Our worship is solely to God and solely with his people who are worshiping Christ. Yes, we understand that what Paul is saying there. But allow me to add some further application to these verses. With a few questions first. Who is your best friend? Who are you deciding to marry? Who are you living your life with? And who are you worshiping with? Let me read you a verse here. It's from Luke 14. And it's a really hard one to hear. But you need to understand what's, what's being said. Luke 14, 26 through 27. It's not going to be on the screen. It says, If anyone comes to me and does not hate father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not carry their cross and follow me cannot be my disciple. Is he telling you to hate your father and mother? No. We know we're supposed to honor our father and mother. We're supposed to love them. But in comparison to how we follow and are obedient to God, in comparison to how we love God, people would say you hate your parents in comparison to how much you love God, how much you love Christ. You hate your wife or your brother or your sister or your children in comparison to the way that you love God. And I'll tell you a little secret here, which is not really a secret. I'll tell you something. If you love Christ with all of your heart, then and only then will you truly love your children. Will you truly love your parents? Will you truly love your wife? Love God first, and the love for everyone else will flow out of that. Mm. So who is your best friend? 
Who are you deciding to marry? Who are you living your life with and who are you worshiping with? You cannot live for both the world and for Christ. Fully commit yourself to God and to his people. Go home to them. Stay with them. Invest your life with them. Because those are the people who are on the path of discipleship, who are disciples themselves following Christ. Your entire life is to be a worship to God. So how can you give our devotion to any other? Our love belongs to him because his love belongs to us. So come out from among them and yoke yourself to Christ. Yoke yourself to the people of God. We are to stay married to our spouses. We are to honor our parents and love our neighbors. But our lives belong to Christ. He is the one who saved us, who pulled us from evil and put to death our old lives so that we would live new lives to God. So be on guard. Expect for the world to try to pull you from the path that you're on. They will try to mix something in with Jesus or try to take something away from him, but he is all-sufficient. And that means that he is enough. Enough to save, to love, to give life, to fulfill our hopes, and to bless us and give us all that we need. Nowhere else will those things be found. All we need is Jesus. So make your decision to follow him with all of your life and join yourself to nothing else. Amen.